Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I am Rachel Olson. And today we're sitting around the cafe table talking about age. You know, Luann, I, I'm i sitting here with something on that I just in the last year have added to my wardrobe, and that is my reading glasses. You know, it was several months back when I couldn't figure out what was going on because I would go to cook spaghetti and I couldn't read on the box how many minutes it was supposed to cook for. And I'm like, what is going on? And I would sit down to read a, a novel or read my Bible and I would get headaches. I'm like, what is going on? I've always had 20 20 vision, but not now. Now I have what I call 40-40 vision, because when you hit 40, somehow your ability to read anything under 40 font size (laughs) goes right out the window. So I'm feeling my age because I'm wearing these reading glasses all of a sudden. I know you just had a big birthday this week, right? I did. I had a big birthday. And, you know, I, I say that I am in my last year of one of my favorite decades. So that's the way I talk about age. I don't really get down about age at all, but I remember going to the doctor in my 40s when I think I was 42 when I got my first pair of glasses and and I did the same thing. I went in and I said, "I don't know what's wrong. What's wrong?" The eye doctor, she she does this little thing where her hand she has one palm up and the other palm down. And she says, when you read, your eyes flex like this. And she, and it looks kind of like, you know, a spider on, on top of her hand going up and down. And she mm-hmm. said, and yours are doing this. And they didn't move at all. And she said, so yours are not flexing. And I said, oh, no, what's wrong? And she said, they're old. I went, no, <laughs> you could have said anything but that. You could have said I have some kind of a thing that's going on, some kind of a disease or something. No, no, you had to just bluntly say, you're old, your eyes are tired. Thanks a lot, doc. But now I'm right there with you. I have a pair of reading glasses in every nook and cranny. I buy them in bulk at Walmart and I put them in my glove compartment, in my purse, in my office, next to my Bible, because I never want to be without them because I as we age, it's just part of it. You need those things that help you along. And I'm just hoping that a cane is not in my future, near future anyway. Here's the reality. We're all aging. Every single one of us, you can't get away from it, but it's just how you decide to age. And here's a passage in Isaiah that I have referenced many, many times in my life, and it's Isaiah 46, 4. And it says, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And you know, as I go through decade after decade, That is a verse that I just take great comfort in because it doesn't matter what I face 
God, I know, has already said, honey, I know you're getting older, and I know you see the gray hairs popping out, but I'm going to sustain you. I, I made you, and I made every single one of those hairs on your head, and I know they're turning gray, but I am going to pick you up and carry you when you're not able to walk anymore. I'm going to sustain you when you wonder how you're going to take your next step. And guess what? I'm going to rescue you when you take your last breath and I'm going to take you to heaven with me. And so really, Rachel, there's really no age that I have ever minded getting to. I remember, you know, when I hit 16, I was so thrilled. I got my driver's license. When I hit 21, I thought, oh, this is wonderful. Then when I hit 29, I was like, huh, okay, the last year I'm going to be in my 20s. So I try to celebrate the final year of a decade. And I never have gotten upset at 30 or 40 or 50. And next year, I don't see myself getting upset over 60. Because to me, it's just another day on the calendar. You know, science is starting to show us over and over and over again that much of what we think of as typical aging, you know, it really does stem from our mind. In other words, we think of, you know, an older person or an elderly person not being, you know, super steady on their feet and needing to go slow and hold on to the railings as they go down the steps. But, you know, I was just reading a study the other day that said um, the brain, um, the more that you start to look down and watch where you step, the more the part of your brain that's in charge of sort of keeping your balance and, and allowing a, a young person to run up and down the steps without even looking at the stairs while they're thinking about their job or their work, that part of the brain atrophies because we don't use it. Because we start to get nervous, whether we're worried about having a fall or, or, or we've had a fall and we're worried about having another one. Um, and so we start to not use that part of the brain and we look carefully and we move slowly and we sure enough do lose our balance. That was interesting to me to read um, and to see, you know, there are people I know in advancing age who are, they're going strong, stronger than I am, you know? So that gives me hope, but it also makes me, you know, kind of wonder uh, how much of this is in our head versus on the calendar? I totally agree with that. I had an elderly person tell me years ago, don't ever let an old person move into your body. And, you know, they laughed, but they said, no, seriously, when you start thinking like an old person, that's when you start becoming an old person. I mean, I know this is true from my past. I went to high school with some kids who were old in high school. They already yeah. acted like they were 50 years old when they were 16. And I think that a lot of times it's, it's our mindset. And do we believe that we can keep learning, that we can keep going? I love what our friend here at the radio station, Wanda, is going through cancer right now. I mean, it's a cancer that the doctors are telling her they don't have a lot of hope. But here's what Wanda says. My God says, I'm going to live until I die. And so I am going to keep living every single minute until I die. And that's, that's the attitude that makes you stay young. You know, if you are attacking every day with 
giving it your all and giving it your best and going, you know what? I don't need to worry about tomorrow. And I think that's something else that ages us, honestly, Rachel, is we get caught up in worrying. It seems like the older we get, the more we know. And so the more we know, the more we know that there are things that are really out of whack. And then instead of praying about it, we worry about it. And I think worrying and uh, letting our mind go down that trail really does contribute to our aging process. You know, I have seen um, on Facebook recently, it's getting posted by various friends of mine. I don't remember exactly what it says, but it basically is kind of a picture, a photo there with the words that says, the older I get, the more I realize I don't want to be around drama or conflict or stress. I just want a cozy home, good food, and to be surrounded by happy people. Type yes if you agree. To which, of course, all of my friends type yes, and and we all shake our heads and agree. Yes, no stress, please. No drama, please. I just want a nice, happy, cozy home and some good food. And and the older I get, the better that sounds. And I totally understand the sentiment behind that. And I could absolutely type yes to that most any day of the week. But at the same time, I don't want to lose my zeal for life and for serving God and for stepping out in faith and for doing hard things and and challenging myself and climbing new mountains. And um, I, I can't do all of those things. I can't step out in faith and climb new mountains um, if I just sit in my cozy home with my good food feeling happy. I love that. I could not agree more. And there are so many folks that really do try to cozy into that that lifestyle. And, and it does, on the outside, sound kind of appealing. Like, when do I finally get to rest? When do I finally get to step back and let other people do it? And, and you see that a lot in church. You know, people say, I taught the Sunday school. I, I went on the mission trip. Now it's somebody else's turn to do that. Well, maybe it is someone else's turn to do that, but that doesn't mean that we should stop learning and growing and doing because when we stop growing, we start dying. And God God made us to live until we die and live and make the most of it until we die. And I can't help, I know I've talked about this before, but I can't help but think about Peter. When Peter stepped out of the boat, and walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he did that, he is the only person ever to experience what that felt like. He was the only one besides Jesus that was actually walking on water. I mean, that everybody else was hunkered down and watching it happen. And they were kind of just scared. And they were content in the boat. But Peter got out where it was a little bit risky and stepped on the water and tried something totally different and totally new. And all of a sudden, he discovered that there was a brand new trust in Jesus that he never knew before. And I think that's what happens as we age We can settle into the camp of, I want it all nice and cozy, and I want everything to be just so, and I really don't want change. You know, 
my sweet husband is not really uh, one that loves change very much. And if you asked him, he would probably be very content to just, you know, have everything status quo until I bring in some girls from Encouragement Cafe or he goes with me on a trip somewhere when I'm speaking and he gets to experience some of those things and he gets to hear the stories from you, Rachel. He adores you like a daughter. When he gets to hear Aww. Noel O talk about things and he giggles until he's, his sides hurt. And when he, when everybody goes home, he says, wow, I'm so glad that we do what we do. I'm so glad that we open our home. But, you know, in his own mind, sometimes he really thinks, oh, I would like to just have everything the same. But then, yeah. he, then he looks back and he goes, no, no, that was so much fun. And I really enjoyed getting to know them. And I love watching what God's doing through everybody. Oh, man, isn't this fun? Oh, gosh, I can relate to, to, to Dwight in that. You know, there are times when I think, uh, you know, my extrovert itself would love to have a dinner party and wouldn't it be fun to get all my, my friends together? And then, you know, my exhausted self who gets home from work thinks, wouldn't it be nicer to just order some pizza and sit and watch Netflix? I'm exhausted. Um, so, but, you know, but when the people show up, even though you're thinking, why did I, why did I send out this invitation, but once they show up, you do, you have a great time. And those are the moments that, you know, enrich your life. I'm never going to be at the end of my life saying, I wish I had eaten more pizza and watched more Netflix. You know, that that's not likely um, to be the case, but several, you know, I pick a word for the year every year, and I've done this for a long time now. Um, in the early uh, parts of, of, of doing that exercise, the word for a year exercise, one of the first words I chose was the one word slow. And that was my word for the year was slow. And um, I read some really interesting um, books on this on the topic. And I looked at some things like Italy has the slow food movement, which is really um, a lot of the, the literature that I was reading on. It was using the word slow as sort of a... a kind of a synonym for mindful, right? To, to, to not to slow down that it wasn't necessarily so much about pace as it was about being present and being mindful. And of course, it's easier to be present and mindful when we're not moving at a million miles an hour. But for me, the challenge that, you know, I learned in that year is how to, um, operate a pay at a pace that I can sustain and that my, um, health doesn't suffer and that my family doesn't suffer to operate at a pace that I can sustain well and still be mindful and present in this life that I'm living without becoming glued to my recliner with my quilt and my cup of tea and and not climbing any more mountains and not stepping out in faith. That's really the challenge that um started to be birthed in me the year I spent with the one word slow as sort of my lens. You know, the one word has really helped me zero in and focus every year that I've done it. And and for the last three years, I mean, first undivided, then discipline. And this year it's fire. And, and honestly, 
I can say last year, as I was going through the discipline phase that God was teaching me what discipline looks like in my life, it was kind of not my favorite one. I've got to just be honest. But when I was going through that, it was um, getting me ready for this year because I had allowed so many other things to get in the way of what God had planned for me and what he really wanted me to focus on. So by getting undivided, then getting disciplined this year, he is reigniting this fire in me that that's my word. It's fire. And I feel with everything in me that I may be in the last year of my fifties, but it's, I'm getting ready for a fantastic new decade. You know, I know that God is going to blow up my my uh, fire inside me because I feel the embers really starting to get stoked and all everything in me is just wanting to do more and find new adventures in this life that he's provided and Rachel, uh, some of the things that I already see on the horizon are fantastic. And can I just share one with you? Yes, please. I have not told uh, uh, only a handful of people this. So this is going to be news uh, that we can all just pray about. Several years ago, we uh, at Encouragement Cafe talked with Gary and Carolyn Chapman, Dr. Chapman, who wrote the five love languages, and they took a trip every other year uh, with a group to the Holy Land, and they told us that we should consider doing it. And several years ago, we considered it. And one of the things that God is spurring in me is this fire to get to the Holy Land and take girls with me. And so I've started talking to that tour group with um, Gary and Carolyn being my mentors to watch it happen. And I would love to invite anyone that is interested to contact me because we are in the planning stages right now. I mean, it's going to take some time that we're going to plan it. We're going to give people time to save up their money and go. But that's one of the things that God is igniting in me because when I was in high school, I was supposed to go on a trip to the Holy Land. And it was my junior year. And my cousin was supposed to go and she was a senior. And they canceled the trip because of fighting. And I've always wanted to go. And so we're trying to get a trip together that will be so wonderful that you won't want to miss it. Rachel, I just let the cat out of the bag. That is one of the things that God is stirring in me. And you would think, Luann, you're going to be in your 60s by the time this happens. And I'm like, isn't that great? I am not going (laughs) to sit on the couch eating bonbons. I am going to be walking where Jesus walked. I am going to be walking where Paul walked. I'm going to be there and I'm going to have that fire ignited in me to such a point that I want to take everybody with me. I want to take everybody with me 
because I well, think I will go. Yay! I will go with you. Yay! I think this is going to be a fun trip that will really make an impact in the hearts of women, and we'll bring it back. We'll bring that fire back right here because I believe that God is moving and is going to make it happen. Well, I love the example that you are for me. Not that you're all that far ahead of me, but it's such a blessing to have examples of women who are ahead of you in the next stage and to see them still stepping out in faith and still excited about what God um, is birthing in their hearts and to see their fires, um, you know, burning bright and, and to watch, you know, new seasons of life unfold. That's encouraging to me. I think sometimes we do feel, and we're in such a youthful culture, and the church right now is in a uh, period of time that is very much celebratory of, of youthful ministers, right? You know, the young pastor and the young worship leader. And that's good, because for a long time, I think they weren't a, given a place to serve, um, because they were looked down upon for their age, which is exactly what Paul tells Timothy, don't let that happen. Um, but uh, but we've the pendulum has swung so far that way that sometimes I feel now the the older generations can feel like you know m- my time for new adventures in ministry is up it's past and um so I love your example that's that's not the case at all you're a, you're a terrific example and a great friend well you're sweet I have my moments like I'm just gonna be honest I have my moments when I tell my husband I'm done. I want to buy a tiny home and move into the middle of the woods, and I never want to see another human being as long as I live. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, So I don't want you to think I'm all that because I have my moments when I want to run and hide, but Mm -hmm. normally those times have come when I have gone too long without taking a break, and I have not... Mm -hmm taken the time to rest, and God absolutely had the seventh day as a day of rest on purpose. And Jesus tells us to stop, stop. Even he did that. He got away from the crowd. And so if you are feeling like I'm overwhelmed and I'm looking forward to retirement because I am not doing one more thing when I retire, well, I hope that you reconsider because there are so many people who did so many great things after they retired. I think of Colonel Sanders who did not start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was 66. I didn't know that. That's why he's the in the with the white hair and the white suit in the commercials. Oh, very cool. Yes, and so there are so many people that kept going and kept doing even after the retirement years. And so I want you to look at your age as the best age right now. And and Dwight says it this way, you know what? Right now we're the best we'll ever be. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't want to look at it that way. But he's right in the fact that we can't look back and say, oh man, I was so much better 10 years ago. No, right now we are the best. And so right now we just embrace this age and we do what God's called us to do today. Let's grab and do and go 
and show others how you never give up and you never sit back and just say, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm going to put on my apron and make pies and eat bonbons and watch Netflix the rest of my days because that would be a sad waste of your life. As long as we're breathing, God has something special for you. And may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.